One hundred quatrains from the Rubiette of Omar Khayyam by Omar Khayyam. Translated by Elizabeth Alden Curtis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Amy Graymore. One hundred quatrains from the Rubiette of Omar Khayyam by Omar Khayyam. A rendering in English verse by Elizabeth Alden Curtis, with an introduction by Richard Burton. To Omar Khayyam Omar, old Persian, thou hast long been dust, And still we con thy yellow page, we must. Mayhap thy spirit, with its strange unrest, Read all our bosoms at a master thrust. And one day pious, in a mood to bless, Thy Saki, and the next day, something less half rake half saint as changeful as the moon thou didst personify man's fitfulness ah stern materialist from mystic skies thy hopeless courage dims our human eyes and mingling with our sob for thee and me thy bulbul's pelevi still swells and dies yea still the bough and still the vineyard wall shall cast their subtle charm about us all and thus imbued with thine own tolerance, will render thee our fairest rose of all. Introduction The appeal which old Omar makes to us across the centuries suggests two things. It denotes the modern sympathy for his type of philosophy, with its blend of Horatian hedonism and Old Testament fatalistic pessimism, sounding the deeps of life and death, and what is of more import, it shows that truly fine literature is in a sense of no time. The fundamental human cry has no nationality. The present cult of the Persian sage singer, while certain elements thereof may be ephemeral, is yet underlaid by that genuine appreciation, which will be permanent because its object possesses a steadfast attraction. The potent influence of Omar is visible not alone by the ever-widening circle of readers, but also by the number of those who are moved to make English renderings of this alluring classic of the East. So far as translations go, Fitzgerald's, of course, stands forth in rugged loneliness. Take it for all in all, his version is matchless. Yet Mr. Legallion has shown us of late that on the side of color and seduction of music, old Fitz, as Tennyson was fond of calling him, has not said the last word. Fitzgerald performed a feat next to impossible for the translator. He made a second classic of his task, giving the world an English poem which challenges the original in sheer strength and beauty. Nevertheless, in Mr. Legallion's quatrains, there are felicities that overmatch like places in the older rendering, and so others still are led to the essay. Before the eyes of every lover of Omar, it would seem as if there hovered a dim, fair creature beckoning on to the endeavor to express in still more perfect phrase the magic melodies of that poet of the mystic vine, who has not felt the lore of that call. The rendering herewith printed is to be taken then as a personal expression of an experience too strong, too delightful, to be confined to the passive receptivity of one who merely reads. No challenge or comparison is implied, as the graceful forward says, and I feel sure that others who, like myself, sit down to it in this mood, will derive therefrom an exceptional pleasure. Miss Curtis's version is most sympathetic, firmly yet delicately touched, 
at times lovely in the extreme. Stanzas 47, 48, and 49, to choose, almost at random, are worthy of the original, which is the ultimate of praise. Those familiar with existing versions will be interested to get in hand a new rendering so able, and will realize how good a piece of work is here, while those who receive their first introduction to Omar through her efforts may be assured that the Lady Usher, who bows them into the presence, has the manner suited to such society. Richard Burton, October 23, 1899 Forward You who live in the country know that there are men and women, and little children even, who rake after the loads in the fragrant season of the hay harvest. Is it not a fashion applied the world over in every walk of life to every trade? We follow in the footsteps of our betters, and are at infinite pains to gather up the overflow of their bounty. Wise men have translated the philosophy of the Persian Omar. This little book is but a raking after these greater ones. Lest perchance one crimson rosebud, one chaplet of vine leaves, be left forgotten by the wayside. Elizabeth Alden Curtis, Hartford, Connecticut, August 1st, 1899 100 Quatrains Up, now the sun ablaze and gardened might, has rooted all the starry hosts of night, and hurling shafts upon the castle wall, secures the vantage to the realm of light. The vine its fruitage to your pleasure strips. Come in, ye laggards, cease your wanton quips. A mighty voice within the hostel cried, ere fate strikes down the tankard from your lips. And as the chanticleer his clarion shrilled, the loiterer swelled in answer, single-willed. Then open for the cup is at the dregs, and once run dry may never be refilled. While yet the snow is on the distant towers, the earth that muses touch blooms white with flowers, and now the resurrection of the leaf is come again with Issa's healing showers. If great Jamshide, and such as Kai Caius, have fallen victim to death's far-flung noose, Brother, will death spare thee? Then quickly seek brief solace in the grape's reviving juice. And hark, this scheme that I myself propose, the nightingale enlarges to the rose. Drink, drink, beloved, ah, beloved, drink. Flush those pale petals ere they droop and close. Then fling the ashes of regretting by, and fill with me the ruddy tankard high, for life is like a bird upon the wing, and gone as swiftly as an ori sing. At Nishapur, or Balk, the days will pass, and changing moons with silver flood the grass, the bitter draught be mingled with the sweet, the sands of life keep running through the glass. The rose to-day that riots o'er the wall, a ruin at to-morrow's feet must fall. Then woo the flower with no vain regret, ye but lament the common end of all. Feast not with Hadam tie, nor mourn the rose, nor follow Rustum to a meed of blows. For faint inexorable still endures, And wise or foolish he must reap who sows. Along the desert's verge and grassy bowers, With thee, O love, to dream away the hours, The human ant-hill and the ants forgot, I would not barter for a sultan's powers. A roll of verse, a crust of wheaten bread, Thy voice for music, and my soul is fed, The ruby of thy crimson lips for wine, Ah, who would choose a paradise instead? Mayhap the holy Eremite is wise, Mayhap his Eden is a thing of lies, 
But while the moment thrills with love and wine, Why covet an uncertain paradise? The red rose cried when flushing dawn grew bold, Truly as Yusuf's flower I am told, My treasure heart, the blood upon my dress, Make fitting symbol of the lust for gold. O oh, kiss the wine-cup then, dear foolish one, And think not, when thy little course is done, That men will mine thy poor forgotten dust, As if like earth's thy veins with gold had run. And struggling spirit, let not worldly gain, Nor worldly loss, provoke thy heart to pain, For all the burden of such fevered dross Will filter through thy wasting palms like rain. About this hostile old strange echoes cling, and light and dark their spanless curtains fling. Lo, through the silent years this place has given, shelter alike to bondsman and to king. Those crumbling portals where the wild rose creeps, once shadowed Baram's pomp, now on the steeps. The lion stalks, and e'en the timid roe fears not that master hunter, for he sleeps. The sap that dies, yon crimson-drenched rose, Perchance from some dead monarch's bosom flows, And that dark violet may well have drawn Its azure from a maiden's eyes, who knows? These slender sedges that ye calmly trace Along the river brink, ah, muse a space, Maybe that when ye tear them from the sward Ye mar the beauty of some tranquil face. Love by the seven stars and seven seas, In this short life I swear to take my ease, each star, they say, has shone a thousand years, And I shall die, and be as old as these. For in the silent country of Surcease, The white-souled throngs do hourly increase, That having drained life's cup of bitter sweet, May lay them down at last to sleep in peace. And in the paths that yesterday they trod, The bulbul sings, and still the roses nod. What hand shall one day pluck the bloom away, that springs above us from the fragrant sod. A little while upon this grassy steep, a little while, and under it we sleep, and though we live and love and sink to rest, the burning stars their circling vigils keep. Some seek the shelter of the church, forsooth, and some pursue the gain of mart and booth, but still the watchman on the height proclaims, Blind fools, ye one and all have missed the truth. For e'en the greatest pen, will cloud with rust, and wisest tomes have yellowed into must. Ah, who shall tell the scholar from the fool, when both alike are crumbled into dust? From youth to age I sought to swell my store, and begged a priest and scholar each his lore. But though my shadow lengthens down the years, I still am standing at a fast-closed door. Yea, though my life long I have toiled to learn, to choose the truth, and swift the lie to spurn, This is the only surety I have gleaned, From dust we come, and unto dust return. We come as choiceless as the flowing tide, We go resisting and unsatisfied. How many, love, when we are gone, Will stroll together by this very garden-side? All unconsulted do we come and go, O thou who quickened us to life, to know, Of sin and sorrow, Shalt thou then complain that we should use our unsought portion so? I harnessed Saturn of the seventh crown, and saw my name enrolled of high renown. But when I stormed the citadel of fate, the spectre mocked me with a visor down. Perchance there is a god, and he reveals, 
an afterlife, and breaks the seven seals. Would we not crouch at this apocalypse, blind in the light eternity conceals? Oh, what are we who for a space abide to seek our cause of being far and wide, but pebbles thrown upon a shelving beach and washed about by each recurring tide? And human life a derelict that drifts, forlorn upon a course each current shifts, poor craft forsook of beacon and of crew, and left to founder in the yawning rifts. When of a sudden from my thoughts I woke, t'was thus a flagon at my elbow spoke, Waste not thy spirit in conjecture vain, O drink and revel ere the bowl be broke. Perchance this earthen jar inanimate did once possess a human form and fate, and some fair woman's cheek once rested there, upon its lip, where mine was pressed but late. And roughly, though the potter shaped the bowl, like me it once possessed a human soul, for lo, the draught I quenched my thirst withal, was bitter with the tears of mortal dole. Does not the master potter treat the clay of humankind in such a luckless way, and moulding us upon his busy wheel, set us to labour for a little day? Then ere you drink a liberal portion throw, from out your cups that with the ruby glow, and in your feasting pause to pour this free libation to the thirsty souls below. The tulip cup each morn is raised anew, to catch its portion of the heavenly dew. Well, if the flower revels out its day, how much, beloved, how much more should you? Then drain your portion ere the goblet slip, and seek no further than a perfumed lip. If you are nothing, can your future lack the shield of honor you so lightly strip? From death's dark stirrup-cup we may not shrink, but kiss the shadowy brim and fearless drink, for all must leap the precipice of fate when each has stood his moment on the brink. My soul, I cried, if thou canst soar away, unfettered by this freight of base-born clay, up, burst thy bondage, and on steadfast wing, betake thee heavenward, O oh, do not delay. Kayam, Kayam, my soul did protest raise, thy body holds me but a span of days. Beyond the seventh heaven is a tent, which no farash may strike, no conflict raise. Sweetheart, resolve the question as you please. They say, ah, say indeed, when this life flees, shall we be missed? Shall we be missed among the sands that border on the seven seas? Think not the Saki shall create no more, when you and I are slipped beyond the door, for through the floodgates of eternity the tide of souls unendingly shall pour. Quick now the creaking caravan doth bend, and strain adown the track of time to wend. Dawn whitens on the bleaching wreck of years. Thy lips, beloved, till the end, the end. We breathe a doubt, I, in another breath. We hang our faith on what the Koran saith. Believers, scoffers, lords of bold misrule, we cannot doubt we breathe, for that were death. Yea, on a breath is all existence hung, the thread on which these beads of life are strung. One day, perchance, when we shall breathe our last, by that last breath the secret may be wrung. This subtle majesty beyond the scope of weak intelligence wherewith we grope, we see it blossom in the growing rose, and feel its presence while we dare not hope. A flash of light we glimpse a shining mark, 
than night is blacker for the vanished spark. The while the spectacle of life goes on, enacted just beyond us in the dark. If men were given eyes too dull for sight, which next were closed in death's eternal night, God trifling with his images of clay, a worthless justice and his holy right? Then seek no more by book and rule to bide, but nestle star-eyed, sweetheart, at my side, and cheek to cheek beneath the dusky moon will drown discussion in the purple tide. And thus my firm decision will I shape, from lore and dogma to obtain escape. Three times will I put off those withered hags, and woo the comely daughters of the grape. For why preserve a scholarly intent, pursuing virtue with unwearied bent? When death eternal trembles on the dawn, what matter how the midnight hour be spent? And whether there be seven heavens or eight, today is passing on the wheel of fate. Morn may not rise, and yesterday is dead. O come, and neath the vine thy life translate. Last night I dreamed the sake of my soul, swept lightly toward me with the jocund bowl, and holding it before my sober lips, My lord, she cried, this draught will make thee whole. That magic alchemy so long time sought I have discovered singly and untaught. The great transmuter is the purple grape, life's antidote within the wine-cup caught. Yea, yea, it is the sultan grape who rules, whose mastery nor age nor wisdom cools, his ruddy glamour mantled over life, to turn the heads of sages and of fools. O thou who planted in our hearts the fire of hot and irresistible desire, Thou bathed us, save the wine of life, and then irrevocably tipped the goblet higher. They say, they say the ancient writings show a paradise where milk and honey flow, but I will take my nectar from the grape and find Elysium where the vineyards blow. Love, if the keepers of that promised land bar up their gates and issue strict command, topers and lovers shall not enter here. To will be as empty as thy little hand. But though the way we tread, the steep we climb, Be lit with virtue, or be black with crime, Nor cups we drain, nor orisons we raise, Can check the moving caravan of time. And those whose eyes have languished o'er one cup, Twin hearts whose ministry was bite and sup, Not one of all those dear beloved souls Returns to lift its broken fellow up. So when a sage awakes from out the deep, To tell his dream, and thus its form to keep, He holds a torch before our blinking eyes, The torch flames out, and back he sinks to sleep. Out, out I sent my soul to sound life's well, And swift returning of its quest to tell. I am the pilgrim and the pilgrimage, Can fashion life of heaven, it cried, or hell. A transitory smile amid the tears, an hour of heaven in this vale of years. Then back they troop, those ministers of hell, despair and doubt, grief and o'erwhelming fears. We are but shadow figures rudely thrown upon the lanthorn cloth and dimly shown, and vacillation on the master's arm to whirl anon into the black unknown. Ay, we are pawns in that portentous game of chess, or life, why cavil at the name? Soon will he sweep the pieces from the board, And then the rose will blossom all the same. A shuttlecock is man who lightly goes, 
or stays at destiny's capricious blows but he who tossed thee on fate's battledore he made thee and he knows he knows he knows to that blue arch that smiling heaven cup address no pleas nor look devoutly up tis but a span of soulless atmosphere helpless to send thee sweet or bitter sup then bless thy sweet or bear thy bitter fate the world is aging and the dawn is late what canst thou do with curses or with prayers one destined letter to obliterate at birth our primal act and final deed were written for the after years to read alas poor souls why strive against the lot inevitable fate long since decreed nor whence thou comest soul nor where wilt go is granted thy mortality to know quick ere thou goest take thy fill of sweets mayhap the paradise is here below there is a mighty bull supports the earth another taurus of a heavenly birth men bray a drove of asses twixt these two at least to eyes of wisdom and of mirth give me a smiling face a sparkling brim curse brothers and ye will or sing a hymn though my allegiance has not been the lord's i swear my prosing has not wearied him the flower beautiful the rose of truth may be despite the errors of my youth will blossom sooner in my wayward heart than at the shrivelled dervish's breast forsooth wine love and song bow brows and gleaming hair wrath of the seven realms for these i dare and though the master sanctioned or reviled this favour in the tavern street would wear yet thou with that foreknowledge of it all could fashion creatures preordained to fall and send them forth in danger of hell-fire for each infringement of thy gracious thrall well what if in our hearts unreconciled there lurks some question of that justice mild which but rewardest heaven for our works a toothsome sweet to lure a peevish child thou settest for my feet the mesh of sin with threat of vengeance should i trip therein and if i verge a hair's breadth from thy law thy prophets add damnation to their din o thou omnipotent who in a day hast called us into life from out the clay ay we are drunk with sin but sober too sober in hope thou'lt wash these sins away the book of pots the month of ramadan was fading by with abstinence and fasting gaunt and dry when lo there rose within the potter's shop among the little pots a whisper sly and in the growing dusk i heard one cry ah wherefore did he mould us you and i not surely to unmake us sherd by sherd and cast us into darkness by and by no said another that were wantonness the creatures of his hand to thus distress for we would not destroy our fellow pots and he the master he could not do less then in a dingy corner of the room a little bitterly from out the gloom a crooked vessel spake see here it said did i consign myself to such a doom and still another blurted where he lay with quite a wordy eloquent display pray who is he to make and mar and sell and traffic with us in so free a way listen a fifth replied the sages say that he will judge us on a final day but pshaw i have no fear of such a test he will remember we are all but clay 
Alas, said one, I do not dread abuse, nor yet this question of some hidden ruse, so much as that my thirsty sides will crack with this sad term of fasting and disuse. Just then each garrulous complaining pot addressed his acclamation to one spot to greet the pale young moon. Ah, ah, they cried, now for the wine vault and the shoulder knot. When I am dead, chant me a lusty line, and wash my body in the glowing wine. Give me a vineyard grave, and pile my couch with fragrant blossoms of the sovereign vine. Brothers, bestow me by some quiet wall, where shadows of old friends may lightly fall, and where the tangled tendril and the rose may cast their kindly mantle over all. Yea, such a mighty fragrance must exhume from out the fastness of my grape-steeped tomb, that sober citizens and passing by will presently go reeling through the gloom. But alas, but alas, I have been much to blame. This grape has dulled the honor of my name, has worked my sad undoing with the world, and filled the cup of life with present shame. Oft have I sworn and added when and how I would eschew the cup, I would, but now, the bulbul is a wing, and gaily mocks, the sheer futility of such a vow. One night in payment of the stoop I quaffed, I gauged myself, and lo, the tapster laughed. Faith, he was right to thus appraise the stuff. Did ever ruby sparkle like this draught? Roll up the parchment. Tis a faded while. Grown weary with an aged halting style. At best an idle record. Idly writ. To con beneath the bough a little while. Sweetheart, if ere we sleep these tangled schemes, We might recolor with diviner themes. We would condemn the sad old wagging world, And build anew the haven of our dreams. Forego, moon-faced beloved, ne'er a jot Of mirth, but revel why thy vows are hot. How soon the beam-scouts of the searching moon Shall pass the trellised rose, and find us not. Ah, ah, look up, look up, behold on high, The wasted moon proclaims our parting nigh. Rise, brothers, speed with me a deep drunk round, Shatter your cups, and now, good-bye, good-bye. End of One Hundred Quatrains of the Rubiat of Omar Khayyam by Omar Khayyam Translated by Elizabeth Alden Curtis